What's good, listeners? Welcome to the Chris College Show, Millennial Talk Show, Bunker Edition. Good morning, Marissa. How's it going, fam? Good morning. I jumped in a little early. I was like, hi! No, it's I know. <laughs> hi, hi, bye. No, stay. We got a great show. Everybody needs to stay because it's going to be amazing because our guest on Just Talking is Dan Mitri. He's a successful video game fanatic who's now at Ubisoft. I used to say Ubisoft, <laughs> but he, he corrected me yesterday. Ubisoft's new associate director of community development. And I always like to do this at the top of the show because on this day, in 1956, Steve Harris of Iron Maiden is born in London, England. Also, on this day, in 1912, Juliet Gordon Lowe founded the Girl Scouts. So today, the Girl Scouts have over 2.6 million members worldwide and continue to pursue the mission of building girls of courage, confidence, and character who make the world a better place. That's something special, fam. So we got a great show. So Marissa, it's time to rock and roll. Yeah, that's right. What's good, listeners? Our guest returning to the Chris College Show, Millennial Talk Show, on Just Talking is Dan Mitri, a successful video game fanatic who's now Ubisoft's New Associate Director of Community Development. So how's it going, fam? How you doing, man? It's good to be back on the show. I know, let's oh. go. And we, we loved you last time when we had our esports conversation. Now that I know that you're in a new realm of the video game industry, and I know we're going to be tackling that. But right at the top of the show, Dan Mutri, we must discuss the biggest sports news this week next to Dak Prescott's new deal with the Dallas Cowboys. So on Monday, Myers Leonard from the Miami Heat used an anti-Semitic slur while playing a video game that was being live streamed on Twitch, prompting both the team and the NBA office to quickly open investigations into the matter. So Dan, why is it that musicians playing their own music on Twitch get suspended in a heartbeat from the DMCA but it took the video game community platform over 24 plus hours to respond to this matter. And <laughs> you know, and the crazy part about this too is Dan, literally publications had to reach out to Twitch to hear what their thoughts were, not the other way around. Yeah. What's your well, thoughts on this? Well, so first of all, come on, come on, it's 2021. Would it be using derogatory terms in the first place in <sighs> any capacity? Like, come on, anti-Semitic views are such, like, come on, dude, we've evolved from that. Right. So number one, uh, is that okay? Not at all. Now, are you, you're comparing DMCA rights uh, to, to racial remarks, which is apples to oranges. Okay. Well, sure, but I mean, I'm, what, how I'm comparing this is, they have a, a harsher crackdown when you're playing your own music on the platform. Like, think about this. Like, even like last week, two weeks ago, BlizzCon, literally censored out Metallica while they already knew that they were the special guest live streaming on Twitch. We also got Dragon Force guitarist Herman Lee, who got suspended without any explanation and then was told that just because you were playing guitar covers of your own music, we suspended you. Well, I have to challenge you. How are we defining your own music? Who owns that music? That's ultimately the biggest question, right? 
So uh, those who are getting DMC strikes on the own music that they've written most times, they don't own their music. And that's the thing, that's the deals with the publishers, you know, and these record labels that own the music. Metallica. Now it's Metallica, really but Metallica come has on, owned. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> now that's a different echelon now. Now here's yeah, yeah. an exception, right? Is, right? is we have automated tools in a lot of our servers that check this stuff. Have our automated tools caught up to the needs of the industry? Clearly not, you know, like yeah. Metallica is being hit on their own music. Uh, so I feel like there's some antiquated tech here that needs to be addressed, especially as the music industry is is very much clamoring to stay relevant and how do, how do they monetize and continue to be an industry when yeah. entertainment around video games has dwarfed video, uh, music, TV, film, and traditional forms of entertainment. It's incredible. It's so true. And, you know, I feel like this story is not getting as much headline news as I think it would in the entertainment, especially in the yeah. video game industry. And on March 3rd, Forbes released a startling investigative report by esports bookmaker Unicorn, which you later told me is Mark Cuban's company. But they found that at least 270 Twitch partners, both temporarily and permanent, have issued individual bans on Twitch since New Year's Day. And as Associate Director of Community Development for Ubisoft, some would say that online gaming is where racists can live out their fantasies. What's your thoughts yeah. on this? So, so first of all, Unicorn, heavily invested by Mark Cuban. Yes, very much so. Um, and so Unicorn is a betting platform for those who, who don't know what that, that is. Uh, and with that has a lot of different influencers that use that platform to diversify their monetization or they're having fun on a stream and they want to open that up to some other engagement tactic with, with their audience, whatever that may be. Um, the question here is though, why are Twitch partners getting banned and why aren't they being yeah. given the reason why? Um, I don't, I don't agree with that. I, if you're going to ban me, I want to know why. So I can either correct the issue or I stand vindicated by my actions, you know, like, oh, okay, I'll own up to it. You know, yeah. you can't yeah. change a behavior unless sometimes someone says, Hey, this is why you're being punished. But if you know, you got to tell No, them. it's so true. Exactly. Marissa. And like when I was, I read a story that there was a fort, a kid who streams Fortnite. He's like three years old. He was screaming at his sister and his dog. And he literally got suspended from Twitch, but like people had to put the two to two together. Wait, he was three? You say he Literally was three. three I know. Why are you even live streaming to begin with, right? Wait, wait, wait. You're <laughs> but, three on Fortnite. But, get, but let me pull it into an even Twitch partner who did get banned, and that is Doctor Disrespect, which still to this day everybody is trying to figure out. So where is the transparency with this community platform if they're continuously having this many problems? you know, with all this kind of derogatory talk or who the hell knows? Is it because they're cheating and they're, uh, they're modders and they're hackers? I mean, some of these cases, like, are you surprised that Dr. Disrespect got banned? Are you, but really then I surprised? hate to like to jump ahead. I would rather know what, what Twitch is saying though. Yeah. No. Like. And that's what we're all waiting. We're all waiting yeah. for that response. And so I, I believe we're, we're a couple weeks out from hopefully some, some details on why, these right. partners got banned. And it's important also for us as, as on the publisher side to know why. 
Because, you know, in a lot of our marketing campaigns or, or, or brand campaigns, how we're talking about our games, we very much leverage influencers. We, we leverage content creators. And if we're going to push them in a direction that could potentially get them banned or some sort of ramification behind the messaging that they're going forward on our behalf, we need to know. We need to better navigate that. But we also right. need to understand who to avoid. You know, so we mitigate against the toxicity or or the the challenges where where an influencer could be talking bad about a game. Um, so we need we need to know the parameters too, as a publisher, right. because we have a lot of content initiatives that work with influencers. So I'm waiting from Twitch. Hey, Twitch, come on. Yeah, right. Well, you heard it here right. first. Yeah, Dan, we keep calling you out, Twitch. Let's go. And it's so true, Dan. And you know, and we got to address this because it's like, why are community managers a crucial connection between the players? and the developer yeah yeah so what so community managers or what we call ubisoft uh, community developers you know they sit at the middle of uh of our teams they they are embedded within the studio or our production teams those who actually make the games these are animators those who are you know making the characters and the levels and actually coding so they they sit uh, in the middle with them they're actually embedded in studio and they work closely with our brand teams and the brand teams are the ones that are defining how this game is talked about and we work together with our content teams and our product marketing teams to bring that to life through great content on social media. So our comm devs, our community managers, take the, the impressions and uh, the feedback from our players, pass it on to our production teams to make better games. But we also use all these other cross-functional cross teams to message to the community and say, hey, this is the reason why you should be playing our game this week, this next month as a new game is releasing. Right. You know, we got a new Star Wars game that we just recently announced. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. That. Yeah. <laughs> Open world, baby. I am like yeah. so ready for that one. I don't even play video games and I'm like, okay, I might actually have to go buy this one. <laughs> you're going to have to start now, Marissa, because you're going to so be I behind. Like no, no, no. I like watching so my brother is like avid, like crazy about video games and I like to sit back, have a drink and watch him play and like be that backside driver where i was like hey maybe you should go left <laughs> yeah, down right. that tunnel he's like shut up well that's why twitch is so popular <laughs> exactly. today i'm just so amazed that people it's like you're literally sitting in front of your playstation don't you just rather pick up your controller and play instead of watching no, somebody else fun. i still it's don't like get movie. it it's like an interactive movie or like a play where i'm like oh go there actor oh but that's this. true like, but i mean Dan, you did kind of hit it on the nose where, where I'm trying to go with this because obviously you do pick up on the feedback. You pick up on the expressions. You, your endless threads on Reddit, Twitter, Facebook. I can only imagine, right? And I've heard so much great things from all my video game fanatic friends that like when they go to E3 and they see Ubisoft, they go, they're the most professional group out there. But being a community manager... I can't imagine that you're always getting positive comments all the time. A lot of it is negative comments, and I'm sure you probably are aware of this, but Assassin's Creed Valhalla players aren't happy with how Ubisoft has handled monetization and post-launch content this far and are making their grievances known online. So as Associate Director of Community Development, what does Ubisoft continue to prioritize pushing out more monetized content as opposed to launching additional updates to approve the game. And this doesn't seem like it's just your developers that are, are dealing with this project, uh, this problem. Obviously, the biggest example was Cyberpunk 2077 with Project Red, obviously releasing a $70 game, broken. So what do you tell these disgruntled players who are not happy with the new traditional model of 
no, not as much free DLCs. That's downloadable content for any of the baby boomers listening. <laughs> and why do I always have to pay for more content when I feel like that should be coming with the game to begin with? Yeah, yeah, that's the age-old question, you know. Uh, how come you can't you can't provide uh, everything up front? Look, games are becoming more and more expensive to make because they're so much more complex. The systems behind them, the social interactivity, and the expectation on quality is so high these days uh, that you need to you need to come out of the gate with a polished product that is playable on day one. And that's unfortunately the downfall of what we've seen with CD Projekt Red Cyberpunk. Yeah. A lot of hype behind it, a lot of development that went into it, but there was a lack of... <laughs> was that? Funny, like, they were funny glitches to watch. <laughs> they were hilarious <laughs> glitches to watch. The person. <laughs> there was male anatomy flying around. And yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> But so 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 games are more expensive to make, and and we also know that there is a loyalty built in with some of the games that our our players become the you know fall in love with, and we want to extend those experiences well after launch of say a single player game, and that's where DLC comes into play. Uh, but you know not every game is treated the same way from economic structure, uh, nor does it make sense uh, that way to roll it out on a business side. So yeah, I really do encourage a lot of our communities who love video games to, to understand the business side of, of how we make and market games, but that's not the reality. You know, the, the majority yeah. of people just love the experiences here and don't understand the politics behind the doors at Ubisoft, at EA, at Activision. So I would say for, for anybody who's connecting with us in any ecosystem, and not, not even Ubisoft games, all games out yeah. there, the way we can make better games is to voice your opinion. And we have channels for that. We have forums. We have Twitter. We have uh, Reddit. These well, I know that there's a country voice in their opinion right now. I don't know if you heard about it this week, but it's not just Ubisoft who continues to prioritize, you know, pushing yeah. out more monetized content. But Germany this week pushed a reform to add, quote, loot box warning to video game ratings. So do you agree with Germany that loot box mechanism is creating a gambling-like environment for young gamers? Because to me, when I think about loot boxes, it's like with Apex or uh, playing EA FIFA and you're trying to get that best player and you're paying for the loot box, it's like almost buying a scratcher. You're literally scratching in and you're basically hoping that you get the player that you paid for. Uh, that, that's, that's asking the same thing as Vegas, okay. You know, should, do we still need a Vegas? Uh, at, at one point in our lives as adults, we have to exercise our own responsibility to gamble, to use our money in a random fashion, the way we see fit. And that's okay. You know, now there's a psychological ethical dilemma here is that pressing into the psychology of addictive hooks of addictive sort of processes in which a lot of loot boxes do utilize in order to, to, to feed that uh, to, to feed the give and hopefully get something epic in return, we have to we have to ethically use that, you know. So, from my perspective, we should not be targeting children with yeah. that sort of gambling, sort of eth uh, um, uh, psychological sort of uh, uh, marketability here. That's not for children to decide. You know, they're still very impressionable. So we, as as publishers, as game makers need to better identify how we activate our audiences and when those products or those services are available and to who. And put the right mechanisms in place for uh, the, the adults, the parents, 
to pr put proper limitations so our children aren't a suspect of that. Yeah, I mean, because I just think about, like I said again, EA Sports. It's with the FIFA, uh, Madden Ultimate Team. You got Apex Legends, which I'm a big fan of. I always love opening up those Apex packs, but I'm literally thinking that this is something that shouldn't be available for kids, truthfully. And I'll tell you another example that's not like loot box, but it's just as much of that addictive hook that you were talking about. And let me break it down for all the listeners there, because there is no doubt that there is a level of addiction with video games when store tabs like Fortnite, for example, continuously cycle through their microtransaction content every 24 hours, making young gamers addicted to push their money forward to get it. And I don't even pay real money for uh, for video game skins. Even when I love my game Fall Guys, that's my game there. It's like Mario Party, okay? I love it, but I'm so addicted to want to log in every day, even if I don't even play a little game show. Like, I, it's that addictive. And do you see that being a problem with Fortnite? Uh, look, you know, these games we, we develop these days are so immersive. They really are. And there are a lot of addictive things. There's, you know, there's the reward loops. There's the feeling of satisfaction. This is what makes games fun. You know, there's the conflict that are, that's presented and a challenge that we overcome. And there's that dopamine hit when we do overcome that. That's inherent with video games. But to what point are we extorting it? That's the question. And that's the, the morality standards that we need to uphold, not only as someone in the gaming industry, but even as just a player, we need to uphold our developers too. You know, like, like no, we should not be very aggressive with uh, our addictive hooks in there. But at the same time, that does make for a fun experience. Okay, so I'm gonna so. say if I was a CEO, I would fire you. Um, Ooh, <laughs> I'd, be that that, you know, <laughs> I'd be like, hey, that's their responsibility to get their help and the parent to turn off the internet if they need to. Let's go ahead and make that dollar dollar bill. That is a great, no, this is a great segue, Marissa. No, this is a person. It's like, Marissa, this is, I'm so glad you made that comment because that is a, such a great Dan's segue. Like, I now hate because Marissa. I, I mean, literally last year, I was reading that a 14 year old teen spent $20,000 on Fortnite and Twitch over 17 days, and her bank told the mother that unless you press charges against your son, the transaction will not be regarded as fraudulent and you won't be able to get the refund. And can we show this clip, Marissa? This is a phase rugs cousin, you know, scams. So check it out. Let Hold on, let's return to this. How do you have 40,000 V-Bucks? I saved up my money. The most V-Bucks that I've ever had was 10,000. You have a credit card? No, it's somebody else's. Engineer, don't, don't, don't play. Whose is it? Is that mine? What the? No, it's not yours. It's your mom's. Yeah, no. Wait, you bought it with your mom's credit card? <laughs> no, when? Literally today. Like, Shut the hell up. Yo, what no, the fuck? I, I bought. bought I what did you buy? I bought skins. Me and the skins. Skin? Me, what yeah, yeah, it's okay. $400 worth of skins in one day, okay? And this is my problem because everybody knows I'm a video gamer. I used to remember having my little PSP. I used to run around the block trying to find free internet access just so I could play Medal of Honor. Yeah, people probably don't even remember that game for all the millennials out I there. I know. Shout out I to you. Do. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, so like I say, CEO Marissa, what's your response to that video? Uh, yeah, what's your response, I, Marissa? Honestly, I would press charges against my kid. I did jail time. Oh. It made me not go out and keep fighting. <laughs> so, 
Okay, okay that's not a solution. I'm gonna cut you off. No, that's not a solution. I got a solution. I'm gonna tell you, I don't believe in like beating children. First off, but you steal that much money from me, and you're that old. Oh, you're getting your ass whipped. But okay. On top of that, I'll go ahead and press charges and go to the service and pay it back. Fortnite is a free game, yet Epic Games is manipulating children to spend real-world you know money what? on yeah, virtual games. No, no, let me finish. Let me finish. At the end of the day, I am the parent. At the end of the day, I, Chris, at the end of the day, I am the parent. It is my responsibility to govern Marissa, my child. Let, yeah, oh, my God. I don't have moral <laughs> ethics. And if my child steers off that path, it is my responsibility but, okay. to go ahead and discipline Let me them. throw this at Dan. Because literally everything <laughs> nowadays requires a two-way factor authentication. Good. Do you think that needs to be required in uh, buying virtual coins on video games? Because obviously the parental control features aren't working. There's no, I literally saw a YouTube video of a 14-year-old kid showing how he stole his parents' account, shows the whole process, and he's still getting paid promotions on YouTube. So look, you know, uh, as, as, as much as Marissa is fired up, I think this is also showing a no, great example of depending on where you sit on the side of the fence is how you're affected by it. And it de depends on your perspective, right? It, it really does shape the way that you see this issue. And I'm sitting right here in the middle as a player myself, as someone who thinks socially, uh, you know, social responsibility that, yeah, I want to provide the tools for an adult to act responsibly in the way they see fit, but also keep and uphold our children to proper responsibilities and buying and buying habits, you know? So this is a learning moment for our children that money does not grow on trees, that is hard earned, and that you need to spend this responsibly. Now, we have to provide the tools as a publisher or developer to properly enforce that, you know, to allow agency to our players to do that. But as CEO Marissa said, I'm here to make money. <laughs> I'm here, I'm here, no matter what way, I'm here to, to, to give a value to someone who wants to open up their wallet and give us their money. So at the same time, we have to balance. And we're going to find out because last month, a California mom named Jillian Williams is suing Epic Games because she's describing the video game as heroin for kids. The company makes $2.5 billion and 83% of their skins and the emotes that kids buy, even adults too, 83% of that is their revenue. Ooh. Insane. Wow. But I did want to move on. We got to jump because I know I got a few uh, few time left with you, but I really wanted to touch upon this with you because you are such a huge advocate for inclusion and diversity all over the entertainment realm. And we pressed this question with last week's guest, Papa Joe Aviance. He's a you know, successful uh, book author for Amazon bestseller. But we raised the question with him saying that should female voice actors be able to voice male cartoon characters moving forward? And so let me tie this in with the video game world because I know Christopher Judge replaced longtime Kratos voice actor Terrence C. Carson, both black voiceover actors, playing a Caucasian Greek demigod. Will this no longer be acceptable? Because I think the guy's got the, the best voice for him. But anybody who knows that's played the game since day one knows that he was a Caucasian Spartan. What's your thoughts on all this? Yeah, you know, so I'm over here on the production side, right? We're the ones actually pulling the, the talent pools and saying, hey, you're right for the gig. Uh, we have a responsibility to ensure diversity and inclusivity, and we need to make a, a, a concerted effort to ensure that 
everybody's represented, uh, depending on, you know, obviously the context of the story and the characters that are developed here. And that really comes down to even our, our story writing, you know, we need to make sure that there's diversity and, and inclusivity through everything that we do. So as a director within community development, I'm also challenged with this with the same uh, uh, sort of objectives. How do I ensure DNI throughout the ranks of my team? Uh, and that's working very closely with my HR teams, ensuring that we're interviewing a wide spectrum of people with, with uh, the skill set that we're looking for. Now, at the end of the day, you know, we have a business to run and I, I need to find the candidates that have the right skill sets, but I also need to see through a diverse pool. So that way we are pulling together, you know, the, the, the right people um, looking at a, a very good diverse mix. We also need to be in, seeing that in the VO world. We need to see well, that in all well, production. Right. Well, think about it with uh, video games. They're now trying to make that gamble again to be on the big screen. We're seeing it with Mortal Kombat, but can we show this image I put together, Marissa? Uh, with, you know, solely being, he's literally Mark Wahlberg is playing solely in the Uncharted. Now we got, you know, Pedro Pascal, who's playing Joel Miller, who's clearly a Caucasian player in the game. So my question is, Dan, how can millennials celebrate inclusion, but get excited when Pedro Pascal is cast to play video game character like Joel, who's clearly white. And it's like, when you think about character models like Lara Croft from Tomb Raider, I mean, she used to be this big triangle titty woman. Now she's got this skinnier, muscular, bulkier look at like as if heavy breasted women, it, it, it's not okay, I guess. I mean, what wh what are your thoughts on this? Because I feel like this is becoming so ass backwards with bringing inclusion and diversity to all realms of entertainment. First of all, Pedro Pascal's a badass at anything he does. He is a like, badass, but let's be real. <laughs> Come on. Let's be real. You know, like, um, at, at what point are we making compromises to the storylines? Like, uh, at what point are we not actually opening up proper DNI uh, efforts? You know, so I think it's, it's very subjective per different companies, different creative, different entertainment. But we have to ask ourselves, are we actually putting a orchestrated effort to ensuring yeah. that DNI represented, like that's what's our intention? That's what we need to question. Yeah, right. Like I question the attention of Mark. Well, I'm gonna say I question the attention of Mark Wahlberg's mustache. I mean, it looks like shit. You could have got it anybody, people, anybody, <laughs> but you did him. I know, right? But Dan Mitri, thank you again for joining yeah. the Chris Collins Show Millennial Talk Show. Where can they check out your uh, Twitch stream, brother? Uh, you can check me out at twitch.com forward slash Buffaria. Just started it up. I just moved to North Carolina. I'm not streaming right now, but I will in the future. He will in the future. Check him out. He's the OG for life, fam. So I appreciate you coming on again to the Chris College Show, Millennial Talk Show. Ciao, Bella. See you around, friend. Bye. Peace. <laughs> I wanted to remind everybody that we do have a YouTube episode drop. If you missed last week's show, you can check out Hollywood's Papa Joe Aviance. He's a successful entrepreneur, recording artist, and a two-time Amazon best-selling author. And he got this brand new animated superhero series coming out called Electric Negro. So go ahead, check that out today on the Chris Collins Show YouTube channel. And also tune in Monday morning for our guest announcement. And if you like what you're listening to, go to thechriscollinshow.com and become a member today and get that free CCS t-shirt. Hope everybody has a great weekend and I'll see you next week, fam. Peace.
our brand new podcast off the fret. I love it. It's more time to chat. <laughs> Hello. You would look so jazzy. I love your outfit. How far would you go to start playing live music again? This slaps harder than my ex when she got her stimulus check. So, um, <laughs> so um, are you here to bring the sexual healing with your music? It's called Everything is Everything, and I guarantee you're going to hear this song in the future. I love the flow, man. Politically charged album. So if you get easily offended, this might not be the album for you. Brand new podcast off the fret. So excited. Um, has Kim Kardashian accidentally sent you a coochie shot? Do you want to stay there? It's completely your choice. Or you want to... <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. And you know what I love? Off the fret. More music, more music talk. Peace.